0: Welcome to the Ladies in Leadership Podcast, where empowerment meets action. Join me, Haley Martin levinson your host and three-time local elected official, currently serving as the mayor of Jackson Hole, Wyoming. As a mom juggling family responsibilities and running a business, I'm on a mission to empower women to step into leadership roles big and small, making a lasting impact in their lives, communities, and the world. This podcast is your go-to hub for strategies, stories, and mindset shifts that will empower you to confidently claim your seat at the leadership table and amplify your voice. Get ready for deep dives into real talk and actionable insights from successful women who've walked the path you aspire to. From navigating challenges to celebrating victories, we cover it all. It's not just about talking leadership, it's about living it. So if you're a woman ready to make a meaningful impact, grab a seat, tune in, and let's start leading. Hi and welcome to the very first episode of the Ladies in Leadership Podcast. My name is Haley Morton Levinson, and this is my podcast. I decided to start a podcast mostly because I listen to a lot of them. Not because it's one not because it's been something that I've always had on my mind or I've dreamed about being a podcast host, but rather I love consuming content this way. I want to start sharing content with folks and really being able to connect with other people interested in leadership. I say that because I am currently serving as mayor of Jackson Hole, Wyoming and have served as uh, two terms on the town council before that. And I really think that there is space and the need for more women to be in leadership. Uh... And that's my goal. My goal is to empower you to find the tools, find your story, um, realize that it's already within you to take that step into leadership, whether that's into elected office like I did or onto a public board or into one of your community boards. So a little bit about myself. I grew up in Jackson, and my family owned a small hotel. It had 27 rooms, and um, we did everything, meaning me and my family, from cleaning the rooms to running the front desk. And so I really saw what it was like to run a small family business in a small uh, town in Wyoming. I was always involved in my community. I did a lot of community service growing up. I was a Girl Scout and I was pretty driven in school. I was lucky enough to go to Georgetown University in Washington, D.C. not with the idea that I would be coming back and entering into local politics, but rather that I would become a diplomat or uh, live abroad and do something in diplomacy. So I guess political science was always a little bit for in the forefront of my mind, but again, when I left Jackson, I thought, okay, here I'm going out in the world. I've had a great time in Jackson, but I want to live in a big city. I want to live abroad. I want to do something totally different than my upbringing. And so I loved Washington D.C. I had a really great time in college and learned a lot. I lived in D.C. I lived in Argentina. I studied international relations and specifically uh, culture and politics and with an emphasis in Spanish. So I was lucky to get a pretty well-rounded education. From there, instead of going into diplomacy or something like that, I kind of slowly realized that I really liked the small business aspect of my life growing up. And I ended up working for a small business in Washington D.C. that was centered around the wine industry, like wine you drink. And it was run by a it was myself, the boss, and one other employee, so very small business. And we did wine education. I always joke that wine and politics go well together, um, but we did classes throughout the D.C. metro area, whether it was at an embassy, and we were kind of doing more of a cultural event or doing um, public or private classes centered around kind of the intro to wine. And I felt that that hospitality background that I grew up with was really well-centered for the wine industry as well, and uh, also kind of tied in my passion of, you know, international or being abroad, even though I was in D.C. And so that really felt like a good niche for me. I ended up meeting my boyfriend in D.C., who is now my husband, and it was early on in our relationship that I said, okay, I've liked D.C., I like the East Coast, but I'm ready to move west. I'm not sure when, but it'll be soon. And sure enough, two years later, I said, okay, I've, uh, I've seen this, you know, I'm, I'm ready to go. And we were fortunate enough to travel for the summer after we left our jobs. And we went to Asia and then three months in Europe, uh, which was something I always had wanted to do, and then moved back to Jackson for a winter. And I told him that, yeah, let's just see how it is to be a, a ski bum in my hometown There's so many people that do it, and then from there, we can move further west. The ultimate goal was probably California, me in the wine industry, him uh, kind of in the tech industry. That winter, we lived with my family, we worked at the ski resort, and had a really great time. And come spring, I was offered a job to manage a wine shop in town. It was a locally run business, and I was giving full... Um, authority to buy and sell the wine and that is that was kind of a dream so I was like yeah I would love to do that and um, my Nate he was given the opportunity to help start a startup and do kind of all the tech back end and so we were feeling like wow okay cool this is feeling pretty good and you know how it is growing up in a small home in a small town You don't know how it will be when you come back as an adult. And so that was really my test was like, do I want to be an adult back in my hometown? And I did. We found kind of our, you know, new friends. Some of my old friends from growing up were back and were able to find the lifestyle that we wanted. We moved out of my parents' house, so that also helped. And uh, we're kind of just living and doing our thing. It was around that time when we decided to stay and settle that a family friend said, hey, you know, there's some spots open on the town council. You should consider that. And I brushed them off and said, how could I do that? I'm too young. I have never been in elected office. I don't have the experience. And that person was persistent and said, yeah, you do. You are, you grew up here. So, you know, kind of. What the community is like and what it's like to come back and, you know, build a life as someone who grew up here and now as someone who's coming back. You also studied political science, so you have a really well-rounded background. You know how to communicate and work well with people, and that's the biggest part of the job. And so I thought about it a little. I, you know, considered it with my family and said, okay, I'm gonna run for town council. The one of the things that really pushed me over the edge was that those who were serving on the council and running again, the incumbents, some of them had been on as an elected off in elected office since I was in middle school. I didn't think they were doing a bad job. I didn't think like, wow, I'm gonna come in and change everything. All I thought was there needs to be more representation of young people and women. I've always thought that government should be representative of the people that it serves. And too often we see in all levels of government that it's only one class, one type of person, one gender, one race that is representing our very diverse communities. And so again, that's, I was really just along the lines of I need to offer my voice and my time and my service. I always joke that it was probably a good thing I didn't know fully what I was getting into because it's a lot of work and running a campaign and putting yourself out there, you can overthink it and you can think, I'm not ready, I'll, you know, I don't have enough credentials, I can't do this, I can't do that, but, you know, so often women always think like that and I think that it's really important for us to try or for us to do it scared, to do it when you don't feel ready because if you're like me, you'll probably never feel fully ready and then you'll never do it. And so I, you know, I was 26. And I said, "Okay, I'm gonna run for town council." I met with a few different um, folks that were on the council, other community leaders, and you know, set, said, "This is what I'm gonna do." And I, people encouraged me for sure. I, looking back at it now, there were definitely people that I could say probably are like, "Good luck, yeah, sure." <laughs> um, who does this girl think she is? But I didn't really let that get to me or see it then. Um, so I ran a campaign in 2020, in 2012 at, for town council and was ultimately successful. And I leaned a lot on, you know, just my love of service and my love of my community. And I used that story to really drive my campaign and, and I think that that was a huge asset at the time and still has been. I also, there's, I always laugh because when I sent out my first press release to the paper, the local paper to say, I'm running for town council, they, you know, ran um, the story. They They, you know, called me and asked for a few questions and I had submitted my press release, answered their questions. And then I also submitted a headshot because I knew they would, you know, run the picture in the paper. And they said, okay, great, we have it all. And not to knock my local paper, still love them, but they did not use my headshot. They used a photo of me from high school when I was 16 years old. And for someone who was already trying to combat the ageism uh, of running for elected office as a 20-something-year-old, that was not a great look. And Further, they uh, announced, or you know, I was on the cover of the paper, the daily paper, alongside another candidate who announced. That candidate happened to be one of the older candidates that was announcing. So here you have my picture as a 16 year old when I was really 10 years older than that. Yeah, not a whole lot older, but still um, juxtaposed to someone who was about 70, maybe 60, 70. And it made me look all the more younger. And so from the get-go, it was interesting. I had to kind of overcome that age barrier and, and then also being a woman. But I ultimately did and was successful in my campaign in 2012. I then ran again for council in 2016 and was successful and ran for mayor in 2020 and have been serving in that role since. It's been a really exciting ride, Uh, it's been a huge learning experience, and I've been really grateful for the opportunity to serve my community, to offer my voice, and to represent young working families. Since I was elected in 2012, I got married. I've had three kids, and my husband and I have taken over our family's bed and breakfast. Different one from the one we grew up with, but um, nevertheless, still a really amazing inn and family-run business, so I wear a lot of hats and have a lot of responsibilities. You know, a lot of people ask me, how do you do it? How can you run a business, have a family with young kids, and be the mayor of a town? and You know, there are a lot of things that I've put in place over the years, a lot of practices that I lean into, and a lot of daily habits that I look at. I also have a really good supportive network, and I also have that goal and that vision. And so that's what I want to share with you in this podcast, and I want to empower you to know that you can step into leadership. I will share how I do it and what has made a difference for me. And I'm also excited to interview other ladies in leadership and see what works for them and have a conversation and really encourage you to know that your story is already there. Your passion is already there. And I know you want to make an impact. You might just need that little nudge like I did when that family friend said, you should run for office and said it many more times than once. Or you might just need some of those tools to feel, okay, I've got this. And that's what I'm really excited about for this community, for this podcast, and for us to explore with the ultimate goal of getting more women in leadership positions so that we can impact our communities and change the world. Thanks for listening this time. I will see you next week. And until then, keep leading. Hey there, can you believe we reached the end of another episode of Ladies in Leadership Podcast? Nice going. Make sure and head over to the show notes at ladiesinleadershippodcast.com for all the links and information from this episode. And if you loved this episode as much as I did, make sure to rate and subscribe so you never miss your weekly dose of inspiration and practical advice to fuel your leadership journey. See you next time.